When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And it's the fountain of truth about aging, but, you know, a lot of people talk about something called anti-aging. I'm certainly against that because, you know, if you're not aging, where are you? Six foot under. But the fact is that (laughs) maybe, it's true, maybe we can reverse. And if you're hearing that delightful laugh, you are hearing the laugh of Dr. Erica Schwartz, who is my guest today. You'll find all about her because you're going to want to on ES, which stands for Erica Schwartz, health.com. But you probably already know her because she has written so many books, The 30-Day Natural Hormone Plan, The New Hormone Solution, and we will be talking about hormones. But we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive uh, right now about something that Dr. Erica is very passionate about, and that is the fear factor, the fear factor in health care. And I just want to tell you, Dr. Erica, that I'm leaving for California for something. Uh, it's a big, big conference, and actually President Clinton is going to be there, and it's about nice. patients safety, patient safety. I think we're mm-hmm. all terrified of the health care system. Right. And, and you are, yeah, you're 20 years in the forefront of, of helping us get over that. So tell us a little bit about that and your take on it. Well, so I wrote a book. It's called Don't Let Your Doctor Kill You. <laughs> and it's, 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 you know what? I started writing it in 1999 and it uh, eventually finished it. And we published it. It was published in 19, I mean, 2017. But um, the thing is that as a physician, I'm a healer. And I actually went into medicine trying to help people heal. And it turns out that our conventional system is actually about fear-mongering, and it's not about healing. So it took me a long time to actually come out and explain to people that fear is probably the worst thing that you can feel when you walk into a doctor's office, when you walk into a hospital, when you walk into any medical facility. Because if you're afraid, you're going to allow people to make mistakes and you'll basically fuel the fear even more and eventually you'll get into trouble. And um, I think that it's very difficult because there is a whole mentality that we come from, which is doctor knows best, and people believe that the doctor knows better what's going on inside your body than you do yourself, which is, if you think about it, completely irrational, because common sense would dictate that um, you know what's going on inside your body, and you could, if you could communicate it correctly and work with a doctor as a partner, somebody who listens to you, you'll do well. But if you're listening to what the doctor has to say, who doesn't know who you are and doesn't live in your body, you're going to make mistakes. But we're so petrified. People are so petrified of doctors and of what the fear of dying, the fear of cancer, the fear of it being incapacitated, that they will follow anything the doctor says. You know, Dr. Erica, there's a couple of things. A couple of things come down the pike here. Number one, Mm -hmm. we're told statistically that doctors today have no more than 15 minutes to see a patient. And uh, they and they have to toe the mark, so that they can't know you, they don't know you, and supposedly all this telehealth and digital health is supposed to tell the computer who you are, mm-hmm. so the doctor could know in uh, and use the 15 minutes a little bit better than asking you about your background, your sleep habits, and all that. 
Do you think that's working? Do you think the new age of technology is giving the doctors more time with the patients, or is this idea that you know yourself better is even more important now? I think that it's even more important now that you know yourself better, that you don't turn over your whole life to someone, in this case a computer, who's going to tell a doctor who doesn't know anything about you. And, you know, when you say about the 15 minutes, it's probably less than 15 minutes. So it behooves you to protect yourself. And protection doesn't mean an adversarial relationship in my mind. Protection means feeling good about yourself and having faith that your gut is telling you a lot more and a lot better than the doctor is going to tell you. So if you can balance that with the information the doctor has to offer you, you're probably going to come out okay. You know, I always ask uh, myself when something is a a program or, as you say, fear-mongering, K-Bono, who benefits? Who benefits? Who benefits from making us afraid? Is it the pharmaceutical industry, the poor, poor pharmaceutical industry that everybody bashes? Is it the nutraceuticals? Is it the lawyers that have made the, the doctors, I'm one of them, afraid uh, not to give you a thousand tests because maybe they'll be liable? I mean, where is this culture of being afraid coming from? I think you just named pretty much at least three quarters of the reasons. Yes, it's because somebody's making money off of your fear. Because the moment people become empowered and they realize that, they own their own lives, they own what's going on inside their bodies, then they may not be so quick to allow the outside world to come in and scare the living daylights out of them and make them do tests, take medication, um, supplements, whatever it is, that may not work for them. They might, might not, may not be the right thing for them. So, yeah, everybody stands to gain from our being scared. I mean, look at the stock market today. Yes, for sure. It's all about fear. It's all about fear. No doubt. And the thing is, you know, at the core of it, it's fear of dying. Well, we're all going to die. So the thing is, we might as well not miss out on living. And the healthcare system is actually such a scare that you're missing out on living because you're going from doctor to doctor, from test to test. God forbid you should miss something. And you're not living. You know, this is is so true. And... I just had a, a very sad story being told to me, and that was about a friend of mine who ma, whose mom passed away. It was very difficult for me to hear the story simply because, Dr. Erica, I'm exactly the same age as this woman. And she had cancer. Yeah. And she went mm-hmm. to so many different states, states of the, of the mm-hmm. U.S., to so many yeah. different states, and basically spent the last year of her life not living it, not living right. it. Right. So so yeah. one of Dr. Erica's many books is Don't Let Your Doctor Kill You, and she does talk about corporate greed. She talks about all the reasons that you can rise above this and how to do that. So we're talking to Dr. Erica Schwartz, and you can look and see what her practice is like. It's in the middle of Manhattan, uh, and but but she has so much to contribute to us. Before we, we close our segment, I want to go to one other word that you use a lot, um, because when you deal with integrative medicine, you really are looking at a lot of fields at the same time. And yet you say, you don't only want to take the fear out of medicine. You want to take the, uh, the arrogance. Now, is this something that women doctors are now promoting, less arrogance, because we seem to have a different business and professional style? Or is this across the board? I, I really want to pin down 
What do you mean by arrogance, and how do we as patients get that antenna that a doctor is arrogant? Well, everybody knows physicians are arrogant. So it's physician <laughs> we arrogant. Thought it was only and, you know, way, we thought it was just surgeons. No, no, it's all of them. But everybody. anyway, this is the thing. Physician arrogance, I mean, you know, the number three reason why people die, the cause for mortality in the United States today, is medical mistakes, right? Medical errors. So there is, um, there, this, this doctor who's been researching from Johns Hopkins for the past 30 years, what causes medical errors? And invariably, he comes out with the same answer, which is, Physician arrogance. So physician arrogance is deadly. It's deadly. So now, is there anything going on in schools that that kind no, of yeah, deal yeah, with this yeah, issue? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Because medical school is really a cult, and what it does is it brainwashes you to turn out to think the same way as everybody else who comes out of medical school. And one of the ways you think is you distance yourself from the patient. You don't care about the patient anymore. You just care about whatever. I don't know. It's not about making money because doctors don't make a lot of money anymore. They don't. So they don't. It's not that. It's about, it's just a culture of arrogance and the acceptance and acceptability of arrogance. Like what you said, surgeon, right? I've heard yeah. it a million times. You know, I don't care. He's a great surgeon. He doesn't have great, or she doesn't have bed, great bedside manner, but, I, but it's okay. It's okay. He's a great surgeon. Well, no, if he is arrogant or she is arrogant, she's going to kill you. So don't. Arrogance will kill. <laughs> you know, what's, what's so fascinating about this, and in our next segment we're going to talk a little bit more about what we can do for ourselves and whether or not hormones, and I'm getting, I, I'm 71, I just turned 71, everybody knows that. Good. And I'm Great. very, very, very right. vain. I'm very vain, Good. I have to tell you. You should I spent, be. Yesterday I was on a, for an hour on with a, a new company that's dealing with different kinds of beauty products and they're looking uh-huh. at polarities and electricity. New, new, new cutting right. edge. Most right. people would tell right. them they're crazy, leave me alone. But no, I want to hear about it. So I of keep course. getting I keep getting solicited for free because mm-hmm. they want to be on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's and that's the worst thing you can do for me. The minute you say that you're not on the show, um, about <laughs> hormone injections and hormone therapies and hormone this and that. And you really mm-hmm. are. You really are the expert in this one. And I want to uh, I want to bring out what you had told me about the mm-hmm. age differentiation and what mm-hmm. we can expect from these kinds of therapies at different ages and what they bring to the table, what they don't. So nobody go away because this is cutting-edge stuff right from mm-hmm. the doctor who tells you the truth. That's why she's on Generation Bold, mm-hmm. the fountain of truth, Dr. Erica Schwartz. Thanks. We shall be right back. You may think that I'm full of it, but that's... Doesn't bother me not even a bit Cause I am happy And I freely admit I'm inappropriate For my age Da-da-da-da Da-da-da-da You may think that I'm full of it But that doesn't bother me not even a bit Cause I am happy And I freely admit I'm inappropriate For my age and hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And sometimes uh, art, and I hope that this show is art, imitates life, and sometimes it's not in a good way. Today we're speaking with Dr. Erica Schwartz. She is a wonderful doctor in integrative medicine with a terrific number of books out on 
your don't let your doctor kill you the new hormone solution just go on amazon you'll find pages but guess what in the midst of our uh, uh segue from one segment to another i got a terrible call Dr. Erica, from my daughter, who's 28 years old and has a cat. Oh, God. Cat's seven years old. The cat has to be put down. Why? Why? Just what you were talking about in our first segment, uh, Dr. Arrogant. What happened? She took the cat in for for teeth cleaning. Oh, my God. And the doctor hurt the cat so badly, the strength of his teeth cleaning, that the cat died. The cat went comatose. Now, no, it was from the anesthesia. And the anesthesia. from the, an- and oh, the anesthesia. God. Now, here's the thing. Oh. You, you bring in a human being, an older adult, your parent, maybe with dementia, maybe, yeah. and, you, and you trust, and you trust so much. You bring in your, your beloved animal, yeah. uh, cat Fritz, and you trust. You go to work. Mm-hmm. You, you, you see everything is going to be fine. And here's a small procedure. Here's a, a yeah. procedure of, of a teeth cleaning. Oh this God. wasn't a sick cat. This yeah. was to enhance the cat because she loves him so much. And believe me, she's in the oh arts. She doesn't have a lot of money. So if she puts money into the teeth of a cat, you know how much sure. you love. And of she's course. hysterical now. All of a sudden, of course. in her it's young horrible. life, comes death. So, you know, so it you're, doesn't you're, matter if it's yeah. a human or it's an, it does, you know, it, a it, pet. It's it doesn't matter. So yeah. don't let your doctor kill you is a funny title mm-hmm. because Dr. Erica is funny and she is lively. But you know what? It's also possible. Uh, it's also truth. possible. And here, and here we had it. So I feel so bad for my audience even because all of them I'm love so sorry. pets. And, and yeah. they're, feeling, they're feeling it. They're feeling it right now. But I, I had to express oh. it because I'm, I'm crying myself. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. But we push on, we move on, and now we go to, it's very funny, hormones, not moaning, but hormones. No, no, wait, you know what, wait. Actually, there is a point to be made about this. You know, there's something to learn from it. That, you know, she, your daughter did the right thing, took the cat in to have her teeth cleaned. So you're doing something, you're doing a colonoscopy, you're doing, um, you know, an endoscopy, whatever you're doing, a test because you're trying to keep somebody, a procedure yeah. to keep someone healthy. And nobody talks about the dangers associated with it. Nobody talks about the risks associated with the procedure. True. And if we understood that there is no such thing as a procedure without risks, maybe we wouldn't do all these procedures. You know, there's a funny joke. <laughs> Uh, a simple mm-hmm. procedure is something that somebody else is having. <laughs> but exactly. Every time That's a doctor true. says to me, oh, it's a simple procedure. Right. And, and I'll and tell you, know you what. what? It's the doctor yeah. will say it's fine. It's, it's okay. The, the healing time is great. You'll be back at work or whatever tomorrow. And this is the interesting thing. The doctor will be back at work tomorrow. Right. You may not necessarily be there. Sure. So this yeah. is the point that we never understand. We've all yes. had it. We, it's happened to all of us, uh, old and young. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. even skin care. I talked about the skin care to you. Because right, it's, right, it's right. They take everything off your body. Oh, it's a skin tag. Don't worry, we'll take it off. Don't take it off your body. Your body right knows off. how to heal it. <laughs> right. and, and, and we'll shave it right off. No. No. So you're ab- yeah, you're absolutely right. And it is more important as we age because there's more things we want to, we're told we must do to age successfully. Well, so this is the thing. Where is it going to take us? What's going to happen if we don't do it? 
And this is where the fear comes in. If you don't have the colonoscopy, you're going to miss colon cancer. Right. That's what you're told. Now, as you get older, the older you get, the older you will get, right? Statistically speaking, and I hate to use statistics. 1.6. For every year you live, you'll you'll live, depends on the statistics, 1.3 or 1.6 additional years. Exactly. So this is the thing. You think about it. What is going to happen if I don't have this test and I don't take the risk associated with it? And what's going to happen? How about we focus on eating well, exercising, enjoying our lives, dealing with stress, being contributors to society, and enjoying each other? And then guess what? You're actually having a life. You enjoy a quality of life instead of just... You also mm-hmm. live longer, you know. Well, right, one, exactly, exactly. One of the things I love, and and I'm stu- I love it, and I'm stumped. I work with a group called what? Metabesity. They're really the researchers on longevity and aging. Uh-huh. And these are the guys. I don't even understand half the things they say, but it's okay. Uh, these are oh, the guys right. from, from Albert Einstein, and 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 they're splicing right. mice, and they're doing all kinds of things. So all yeah. of these uh, are to get an extra uh, year. Or two, maybe up to thirty, or ten in, in longevity. And <laughs> right. yet, when I ask them what is the most important thing you're doing, they say, and, and I have to give them credit, it's not the research, it's not the medicine, it's just the exact list that Dr. Erica just told us: eat right, get exercise, rest, have great relationships, uh, have life purpose. And they all say, if we did that, we would do better than two-thirds of the medicine that's out there. So, but we don't. What I'm stumped about, by the way, I'm looking into it now, is why we don't do it. We know it and we don't do it. Uh, And and maybe maybe you have a take on that. Well, because you know why? Because because it makes you accountable and responsible. And it's a lot easier, the way we think culturally, to turn over responsibility to somebody else. I mean, I deal, you know, my patients are very evolved. They're people who actually take responsibility for their own lives. They take responsibility for the outcome. And they do well. They're healthy. They stay healthy. They contribute to society. They enjoy their lives. Now, when somebody comes in who's somebody new in the practice and has not been exposed to our kind of medicine and our way of thinking, they come in and they say, well, this, is, this doctor said I should do this and I'm doing this or I'm not doing it and this is what I was diagnosed with. And it's putting labels on people. It's taking away accountability for your own life from people. And so people just like turn on. It's like the doctor knows best syndrome, right? Well, Whatever have, they say, it's let me there. Ask you know, you about but your it's own your practice. life. I want to yeah. have, this is not something I was expecting to ask, but I think from hearing you and your passion about this, it's important. Mm-hmm. So as a doctor, as a doctor who mm-hmm. feels this way, how mm-hmm. do you empower your patients? Because we do come like little sheep. You're right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you recommend for, for your patients in well, what I do education, I, or you tell me? I teach my, well, it's always about education, right? Education is the key, but it's about telling the patients that, first of all, you know better than I do what's going on inside your body. I defer to you. I have to listen to you because if I don't listen to you, I'm going to make a mistake. I'm not going to do it right. And you 
you make the decisions. And, you know, people come in and say, well, I'm not the doctor. That's great, but you are the person who lives in that body. And you know what? You know better. You know better what matters to you, what's important to you. Is it important to you to fall into the system and go from doctor to doctor and test to test and fear, you know, of dying or missing some cancer? Or is it more important for you to spend the day with someone you care about or, you know, go do work for someone that needs your help? And when people start hearing that, um, they start actually becoming empowered and saying, wait a minute, I never thought of it that way. And when I start thinking of it that way, I'd rather hang out with my kids or hang out with my mother or my cousins or whatever. Um, take a class, you know, do some Pilates, <laughs> learn how to meditate, do well, stuff that is part of living rather than it's an amazingly the fear wonderful, of dying. It's an amazingly powerful and wonderful message. It's a message that we rarely hear. And we thank you for it. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a little bit thank more. You. Now I want to talk about sex. We'll be back in just okay. a minute. That, that gets everybody. <laughs> Don't you go anywhere. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. All right, a little bit of housekeeping now before we go back to our stellar guest. Uh, you all know that we have a blog, and it is Aging for Beginners, published by Bottom Line Personal. Our latest, uh, the latest is OK Boomer. Are you happy about the fact that teenagers have T-shirts that say, OK Boomer, have a bad day? So I like their entrepreneurship, and I'm not too crazy about the fact that they think we ruined the planet. Take a look at the latest blog on that one. We're also going weekly instead of bimonthly. It's been very popular, particularly with people who really are beginning to age, people in their 40s. But I'm told now that lots and lots of folks in their 30s are thinking about aging, and actually they're concerned about it. They have bought into the ageism culture, and we are trying to spit that one out. So, aging for beginners. The other is, go to our radio show uh, website, generationboldradio.com, Generation Bold Radio, and now I am sending you a newsletter every single Monday on what's going on in the field of aging, uh, what our next guest is, what our next blog is, and all the conferences that are around that might be useful to you, whether you're in the field of aging or whether you're a consumer of aging, as we all are. And right now, speaking of consumerism, we have a little bit of a store, so let's hear about our shop on Generation Bold Radio. Hooray, our Generation Bold store is up and running. Just visit our website, generationboldradio.com, for access to unique products and services like luggage forwarding for your next trip, gorgeous Brazos canes and hiking sticks, Wander Club charms to commemorate your every adventure. I handpicked everything in the store to add fun and ease to your life. It makes a great gift, it's priced right, and it's of the finest quality whatever has been selected. 
All these items truly enhance my life, and I want you to discover them as well. Visit GenerationBoldRadio.com and see for yourself. Okay, and thank you all because you've been buying those Wonder Club charms. You're going all over the world. The charms are $4, and every time you buy one, uh, a child who is hungry gets a meal. So this is really a win-win for everyone. We're going back to Dr. Erica Schwartz, and if you want to know more about her, and I think you probably do, you can take a look at ES, standing for Erica Schwartz, eshealth.com. And at Amazon, she fills up the whole website there, the 30-Day Natural Hormone Plan, the New Hormone Solution, and, of course, we've been talking about don't let your doctor kill you. So, Dr. Erica, let, let's talk a little bit about hormones. You are an expert. You've written many, many books on this. And when I mentioned it during our pre-talk, you said, you know what, if you're over a certain age, it doesn't do much for you. And yet we are, we are pitched hormone therapy all the time. First, let's start. What is hormone therapy? What, what do you mean when you say natural hormone plan for those who can use it? Well, hormones, because you don't see them, you don't know what they are. <laughs> so right. um, they actually are like the... Um, the, they run the whole orchestra. They're the conductors of the orchestra of what goes on inside of our bodies. So they coordinate how organs work, how cells work. They coordinate the entire system. So we're talking about as we go into menopause, when we're young and healthy, um, we are fertile, we are very interested in sex, we don't have wrinkles, we feel great, we lose weight fast, we don't need to sleep a lot to feel rejuvenated. And we get all that's hormones. Then when we get older, we go into menopause or andropause for men, um, we start losing the hormones, we stop ovulating, we're no longer fertile. And what happens is that we start getting wrinkles, we can't lose weight, we have problems sleeping, um, we get, you know, hot flashes, night sweats, those are like just symptoms of loss of hormones. But we're talking about three hormones in particular, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, which are gonadal or like sex hormones. Um, there are, there's a symphony of hundreds, if not thousands of hormones, and they all work together. But when you lose any hormone or you start losing the sex hormones, everything starts going awry. And as we get older, without the hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, thyroid, adrenal, etc., what happens is that the risk of chronic illnesses goes up. Heart disease, Alzheimer's, cancer, all of this starts going up. Osteoporosis. Anyway, if you put the hormones right back in the right way with bioidentical hormones, meaning human identical hormones, hormones that are identical in the molecular structure to what our body made when it was making it, um, you will continue staying healthy and you decrease and mitigate the risk of chronic illnesses that goes up as you get older. Um, the problem is that the medical profession is divided, is crazy and unwilling to help women in particular um, feel better because it's easier to sell drugs for diseases than it is to put someone on hormones and specifically I was saying natural hormones like the ones we make and keep them healthy. I've been working with bioidentical hormones for 25 years. Um, I've been on them for, 25, for 26 years, and um, I feel great. I just you know, don't I have, have a, any. 
I have two two questions. One is uh, something that's probably on the minds of everybody listening, and the other may be a little Ooh. bit esoteric. Let's take the first one. When I was fifty, when I was fifty, mm-hmm. uh, I mm-hmm. started menopause, and I had hormones, and it was the best years of my life. I have to tell you, I uh-huh. was beautiful, I was sexy, I was I was productive, every single way you could think of. And then, mm-hmm. then they said, oh, it's going to cause cancer. And they did a study, and they took my hormones away. And then, uh, and since then, I've had a never-ending quest for better skin because those hormones made my (laughs) skin good. That was true. So, uh, but but my sex drive never changed. It didn't. It was always what it was. I won't say it's the best, but it was no different than when I was eighteen. Because you love your, you love your. Started that way. You're a good match. That's it. It was. It was fine. But but it was scary because they said hormone. It was cancer. So are we talking about something completely different, or was that a bogus no. study? That uh, it was a it. bogus study. Yeah. It was a study that was done with the hormones that, as it turns out, I mean, there were synthetic hormones. They were not bioidentical, but it doesn't even matter. The study was wrong. It was badly done, badly designed. They got scared. The government, you know, they, it was a pharmaceutical company that sponsored it. The government was in bed with them, so they got really scared when the results didn't come out right. And they just literally wiped out the entire hormone, like the belief in hormone, the trust in hormone, OBGYNs, who were the ones who always give people hormones, uh, were given wrong information. And nobody cared about the 7 million women that were taken off hormones and left to fend for themselves. That was, I was wondering. It was great. I was yeah, wondering. of course. Of course, and, uh, I probably saw the other six million. Anyway, but this okay, is the so thing. That's important. That's important to know but because this is the thing. The study young women may not remember wrong. this. It's twenty years ago. But, young women may yeah, not remember this, but I remember. Right. Of course, right. it was in two thousand and two, and this is the thing. Since then, it's been proven that it was wrong. It's been proven that hormones protect you from cancer. They decrease the risk of heart disease and Alzheimer's. All the data that keeps on coming out, including the revisiting of that old study, shows that the people who are on hormones have the same morbidity as those who were not on hormones. So there was no, the, the whole thing was a mess, and it was the reaction, like everything else, fear. It's always yeah. fear, right? And it was the reaction that really put a lot of women off hormones. And, you know, I still have people, well, I don't much anymore, but I did for about 15 years, women came in and said, I'm afraid of taking hormones. What do you think? And I said, well, I obviously think that hormones are great for you. I have all the data to prove it. I've been writing about it, giving talks to doctors about it. And the thing is that hormones are great for you. It's just doing the right hormones, the right balance, and not working with some quack who doesn't know anything about it. That's basically it, like everything else. So I want to refer people, look, this is one of those things that Dr. Erica herself would say, learn. Learn and don't always go with the herd. And one way to learn about many of these things is through her books. And this is uh, so simple. Just just go to Amazon. It's so simple. The Hormone Solution for Your Daughter is one that I'm actually going to to be reading Mm -hmm. because she's so much on my mind now, and she's getting married next year. And for those of you, we're 44 years apart. I was 44 years when I had her, so you can imagine how precious my daughter is to me as well as my son. Mm -hmm. But when Mm -hmm. we come back, when we come back, we're going to talk about 
some of the things that Dr. Erica ticked off, hormones and Alzheimer's hormones and cancer, and I want to talk about how this fits in with a whole new program and trend that's going on in medicine called looking at age-related diseases, not in silos, not one at a time, but as diseases of aging as a whole. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrienne Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. I'm going to do a little bit more housekeeping here. Uh, I'm off to California for a, uh, a very interesting conference that I've never attended before. They're actually flying me out there because they really want the public to know what they're doing. And it is called the Patient Safety Science and Technology Conference. And one of the speakers is uh, President Clinton. It's not easy to get him. So this is a conference that they would like to make into a movement, and that is for greater patient safety in hospitals, in hospice, in assisted livings, and so on. It really is an issue. Now, we've had on our show Monica Sternen, and for those of you who don't know, every single show is archived, and if you'd like to hear Monica, you should. She is one of the initiators of the Positive Deviance Movement, doing things and finding solutions that work in a world where the problems are there and nobody says there's a solution. And it's a protocol, and she's brought that to hospitals all over the U.S. to stop Mercer. Now, when I read her book, Positive Deviance, and I began to interview her and look into this, it did scare me because the amount of infection in, and, and lack of patient safety in hospitals is rampant. And that's why they need solutions. And it was a pity when I saw how few hospitals actually had the solution. So I'm going down there. I'm going to be looking at patient safety. I'm going to be looking where the, the problems are. Our guest, Dr. Erica Schwartz, says, don't scare people. I won't scare you, I promise you, but I will inform you. So that's what's going on here. And it's really all because of you. If you are not listening, uh, the, believe me, they would not be paying for my beautiful hotel and and getting me out there to California, they know that I've got a voice here, and it's only because you've got ears. So thank you all so much. All right, now we go to Dr. Erica. Another conference, Doctor. Uh, there's a conference called Metabesity. It's usually doctor mm-hmm. to doctor, researcher to researcher. It takes place in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's, it's something that's very dear to my heart. I'm actually creating the conference for them this year. And the FDA comes, the Federal and Drug Administration. Uh, Drug and Food Administration. So it's a big deal. And what these doctors and researchers say is, if we looked at inflammation, if we looked at metabolics, we could actually delay or prevent all of the diseases of aging at once, meaning cancer and meaning Alzheimer's, cognitive and physical. Now, you just said exactly the same thing, but you said hormones. Now, are we missing something here? Are all these three 
things that we should focus on? And why are we missing hormones if we are? So there are so many pieces, and I think we're starting to finally look at the entirety of it all and realizing that one thing, one variable, one disease, one treatment is not what's going to make things better, but rather everything has to be put together. So, yeah, diet, exercise, lifestyle, stress management, sleep are crucial. You can't get away without them. You're not going to get people better. So the problem is that hormones should be part of it because without your hormones in balance, you're not going to be able to sleep. Without your hormones in balance, you're not going to be able to move because you're going to be tired and you're, not going to be able, you're going to become sedentary and gain weight and you're going to start getting diseases of aging. And the reason hormones are not at the top of this list is because of the debate and the whole arguments against hormones, which have never been proven right. And I wonder if this had been research that you know, if this was about men, they probably would have figured it out a lot faster and hormones would have been involved a lot faster, a lot sooner. But the problem is that they're still not there and they should be there. The reason that the scientists and the researchers are staying away from them is because the money that supports research will support, you know, adding an ear on a mouse, you know, creating more cartilage and, you know, research on telomeres and things that, honestly speaking, are not controversial. Hormones are controversial. And the problem is that I can tell you from where I'm sitting, 25 years into working with hormones, doing the research in a clinical setting that my patients, and we're publishing an article in one of the main medical journals soon, we've reviewed 30 patients in the practice who've been there for 25, 20, at least 20 years, on hormones, not one of them has heart disease, Alzheimer's, uh, cancer. You know, this, all is, healthy. this may be, this may be, and I do this on the air, maybe this is a panel that we're missing here uh, very, very yeah. seriously. Because, because uh, for those of you listening, you may have, have not heard Dr. Erica. She ran through a word called telomeres, and she said telomeres is not controversial. Well, telomeres is the shortening, actually, of your cells, and it's what causes death. It's what causes senescence, which is cells that no longer function and they don't reproduce anymore. They get shorter and shorter as we age, and where there's a lot of research being done is what we call, may your telomeres be long and prosper. We make a joke, but that (laughs) means that you're going to live longer. Now, here's the thing. It was controversial. The people who started that kind of research were called immortalists, science fiction, everything you could think of to put them down. Now, of course, they're the big stars of But you know what? Elizabeth Woodward got a Nobel Prize on them. And the truth, and, you know, because she figured it out, which yeah. is great. Yeah. But the thing is that the reality is that supplement companies that are making, the, you know, these uh, enzymes supposedly that stops telomeres from shrinking and getting smaller um, don't really work. We have no proof of it. There's no scientific proof for it at all. And yet they're selling millions and millions of dollars of telomeres extenders, right? Well, I'll tell you. But this is the thing. But this is the thing. You know, that's great. If it works, by all means, we have no way of measuring it really because we're measuring it on white cells. But this is the interesting thing. Hormones have been around forever. Hormones 
Hormone treatments have been around for 50, 60 years. Why aren't we spending the money on them? Because the research on them shows beyond the promise. They actually have proof how well they work. But the reason they are controversial and the research money is not coming in, it's a problem because yeah, every time somebody problem. does research, it is a big I'll, problem I'll because it's a hole in the system. I'll tell you something. I'll make a very funny, yes. strange analogy here. And then, and okay. unfortunately, as always, we, we come to the end of our show and we really wish we had more time. It's like financial and gold. Gold is very yes. important to have in your in your portfolio. But right. there have been so many scam artists that had to do with gold that financial advisors don't sell you gold. It's, it's two different industries. They, right. they shun it. And that's because yeah. they're afraid to get involved. Now, it's mm-hmm. very important to own it. Anybody who owns it knows they're happy today because when the stock market went down, their gold went up high. Same with hormones. Because yep. there have been people who told you to go get sheep hormones or whatever in Switzerland for... Oh, my God, and they still do it. They yeah. still do it. And they still do it. We, we do, it's like, like a third rail. We don't go near it. So we have to be much, much more balanced about the way we look at healthcare yes, and innovation. So we thank you so much, Dr. Erica. We could go on and thank on. Thank you, I, Adrian. It unfortunately, i got to tell everybody I'm going to go now talk to my daughter who's probably crying uh, because of her cat. It. And if you were I listening to the whole show, that. yeah, because sure. listening to the of show, course. you know, she got bad, uh, te- te- her teeth were done, the anesthesiologist did a bad job and killed the cat. No joke. Yeah. But no. Uh, wor- worse is what Dr. Erica has illuminated in her book, Don't Let Your Doctor Kill You. Go on Amazon. You will be a much, much more informed patient. Thank you so much, Doctor. Thank you, Adrian. It was a pleasure. A pleasure. And you know what I tell Give you your all? Daughter a hug for me. Hug, big hug for you, all the listeners, too. Get out there, Thank kids, you. and make it happen. Right. I need a program.